So, <laughs> so the text says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 28, says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one, somebody shout one, you're all one in Christ Jesus, my God. One more time. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So uh, part two, summer mixtape, uh, the story of OJ. You know, I challenged you guys uh, last week as I encouraged you around the fact, ask the question, should we listen to what we consider as secular music? And I challenge you to understand that, you know, there's no such thing as a secular gift. And then even as Christians, even if you don't listen to certain things as entertainment or in agreement, it's very important for us to have our ears open to uh, many artists that are out there because they're cultural expositors. In other words, they are in a position where they talk about what they see in our culture. They talk about what they hear in our culture and they render to us a picture whether or not we agree with it, whether or not we like it, in many cases, it is factual. Somebody with me this morning. And then the fact is, you know, and, and you have to put people in context. I just want to start here before I jump in because you have to put music in context. You have to put things in context. I'm not listening to Jay-Z as a theologian. I'm not, when I go to the, when I go to the, to the art museum, I'm not going to learn about Jesus from Picasso. I'm not like trying to go learn about the Trinity from Van Gogh. Hello, somebody. And oftentimes we're like, oh, he's not, he's preaching. He's, you know, talking about X, Y, and Z. Well, he's not a theologian. I'm not looking to him as my preacher. Y'all got a pastor. I'm up here right now. You know, and you have a savior and his name is Jesus. But we look to artists oftentimes and classify them as something that they're not. And so we can't receive them for what they are. And so I challenge you, when you're answering the question and saying, when we're asking the question, should I listen to music that's not talking about Jesus blatantly? Or should I listen to artists and things of this nature? Again, you have to put them in perspective. And I challenge you to go back and listen to Summer Mixtape Part 1 because I can't jump right into this. You know, and the fact of the matter, can I just keep it 100? The fact of the matter is this, I'll just tell you this, right? Like when, you know, I'm married, I've been married for uh, 11 years this year. I talk about it often because I'm really excited about that. Uh, to my lovely wife and when it gets time for us to get close together i'm not i'm not about to love on my wife to know kirk franklin can i just keep it 100 make me clap my hands make no that no that's not happening come on somebody some of y'all looking at me like he did he say that it's in the context of marriage and so you have to put people in context you need to listen to them and understand them as such. You know, who are they? What are they trying to communicate? And so, you know, I'm jumping in. I'm going to just go, you know, just right off the diving board, right into this. Uh, Jay-Z wrote, the, he released this album, 444. Uh, do I support Jay-Z and a lot of the things that he personally thinks or whatever? No, that's not the, the case. However, I do think that there's some credence uh, to what he shared on that record and some of what he shared on that record and especially the story of OJ. It's the song, the video that was out there. And, you know, and I just want to encourage you. I'm not going to use, again, although I told you that there's strong language in the Bible 
and there's violence in the Bible and there's all sorts of stuff that if we don't watch certain things and, you know, we, adu- we have double standards, we say we don't look at stuff and we don't like stuff. But if you read the Old Testament, it's some Jerry Springer in there, y'all. You know, it's crazy. B- for real. Um, and, you know, but for the sake of Romans 14 and not offending some of you guys who are here, I'm not going to use the exact language that Jay-Z says in this song. Uh, I won't even use Jigga. I'll just say uh, Ninja just because some of y'all might stone me or something. But the hook of the tune, essentially he's saying, light ninja, dark ninja, faux or fake ninja, real ninja, rich ninja, poor ninja, house ninja, feel ninja, still ninja, still ninja. And essentially, he's saying that in the song, like if you watch the video, And then I watched some of the interviews and the footnotes of the song and what he was thinking about. And essentially what he's saying is that racism is not a thing of the past. And the fact is that no matter how high you think you're getting and how far you progress, racism seems to still be something that is contemporary. Are you with me? It's something that still exists in our midst today. And the reason why he names this song the story of OJ is because OJ Simpson, how many of you were actually alive or old enough to remember like OJ from back in the day, you know, with the Hertz commercials, you know, and he's running through the airport and just go, you know, some of y'all are like, what in the world are you talking about? It's crazy. It's nuts to me. You know, we're actually becoming the old folk. Like before I used to be like the youngest in the church and I would be pastoring in the church and everybody's older than me. And now I'm like, how old are you? And, and they got full facial hair and stuff. I'm like, how old are you, man? He's like, I'm 23. I'm like, I remember when I was 23. You know, it was a long time ago. But nonetheless, you know, O.J. Simpson back in the day, there's this thing that, you know, about O.J. that uh, if you watch the O.J. series, how many of you saw the current O.J. series, the one that they, they had on T? Okay, some hands. I see some hands. And one of the statements that O.J. said in the series was, I'm not black, I'm O.J., And that's actually one of the uh, statements that Jay-Z says in the song, in the story of OJ. And the challenge is, stay with me, I'm going somewhere, just painting the picture, is it okay? All right. And so OJ Simpson was known because for some reason, he, like, it seemed as if he did not think that he was black. In fact, it was believed that he actually had like some privileges almost that regular black people didn't have. You notice if you watch that, 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 uh, that commercial, the Hertz commercial where he's running through the airport, you know, he's the only black guy in the whole commercial. Like literally, he's running through it and it was indicative of the fact that, you know, as it was said, it seemed as if he had so many more privileges and open doors in the context of white America that a lot of black people did not have. Can I just keep it real this morning? And so, you know, the fact is that, uh, so Jay-Z says in the song, he says, OJ says, I'm not black, I'm OJ. And then he goes, okay. Because when you look at cats like OJ, or you look at guys like Tiger Woods, you know, that have these opportunities, they usually are in positions where it may seem as if they are getting all of these privileges when everything is okay. Come on, somebody. But let them mess up. (laughs) Or let it be speculated that something is going wrong. We quickly remember. (laughs) And they're reminded that indeed they are black and that racism still exists. Are you with me still this morning? 
And so this is the concept of it. And he's basically saying, even for himself, no matter who you are, no matter what shade in his context, I'm getting ready to go deeper in a second, but I just wanted to start here. No matter what you look like, no matter what shade of black you are, no matter how much money you get or how you prosper, racism, there's always going to be a point in your life where there's a reminder that racism is still alive. They might not be lynching. People might not be necessarily burning crosses as much as they were before and things of this nature. But in actuality, racism is still alive. Are you with me this morning? And so I want to just, I want to encourage you to understand this. I'll I'll say like a few weeks ago, uh, we celebrated Canada's 150. And for many people, they're like, yay, Canada, you know, we know it. And, you know, my kids actually learned the second verse. I'm like, man, I didn't even know it was that many verses to the song. It's just cool that everybody is celebrating it and celebrating Canada 150. And I'm so thankful for Canada. I'm glad for the freedom that my family and I have here. Canada 150 to many people was fireworks and was, you know, excitement, was barbecue in the backyard and all of that. But to many people, Canada 150 is a treacherous holiday for them. Was a treacherous holiday for them. Can I talk to somebody this morning? The reason why is if you think about it, even for the aboriginal and the indigenous people, because of colonization, someone say colonization, you know, they're, they're, as a result of it, they, their families, their traditions, many of their women were raped and, were, and, and many uh, lies were told to them as it pertained to land. In fact, you know what we know as Kitchener and Waterloo? Somebody say Kitchener and Waterloo. In Kitchener and Waterloo, you know, uh, it belonged to the people of six nations. And they were promised when settlers, when European settlers came, they promised them that they would pay them rent to use their land for 999 years. And they're still waiting to get that pay, to get paid. And so they were lied to in regards to the, the, their land. And this is the story for many Aboriginal people. And in fact, because of what has taken place uh, in the context of, of, of Aboriginal people and an Indigenous people, uh, their youth are, at a, at, are, are six times higher at committing suicide than any other culture. Are you with me? So racism has, has been in this place and there are now people who are really trying to jump on to bring reconciliation with Aboriginal and Indigenous people. But Canada 150 was not something that was pleasant for them. Not only this, can I talk about since Jay-Z was talking about his experience as being a black man and, and how black people uh, experience and young saints, they shared that they did a little spoken word before about what was taking place. And if you watch the TV, if you watch Facebook, if you look at YouTube, you know, as they were talking about stuff is caught on camera now. And there are the injustices just running rampant. When you think about black people, just talking about this concept, black people were stolen from Africa and shipped and sold into slavery of various places around the world, you know, and and consequently, we experience extreme racial prejudice and segregation. I mean, it's just unbelievable the treacherous things that happen to black people around the world. Man, I remember Chris Rock, he was sharing actually in the footnotes of that documentary, 
uh, on the Jay-Z song, he was sharing and he was talking about the fact that he said in South Carolina, his mom, you know, he, was, he, was, he was sharing, he's like, yo, it wasn't my grandma, but it was my mom, you know. He was saying his mom had to go in South Carolina to the vet to get her teeth pulled because of segregation and because black people were not allowed to even go into certain dentists. So they had to, in some places, go to the vet to get their teeth pulled. Their teeth pulled. It's just atrocity that is taking place. You know about colored sections. I mean, even living, I remember, you know, when you go to the grocery store, and, and just a little bit about the black experience, you go to the, to the grocery store, and we can't buy our hair products in the hair aisle. Can I get a witness? Y'all were quiet. Y'all were quiet there. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, this is real. You got to go to your own hair supply place to get your hair for the most part, you know, your hair products and things of this nature. And so I'm just, can I, can I keep it real? You know, because this is real. These are things that have taken place and they are the fruit of segregation. They are the fruit of separation as a result of race. And these are real things that we're talking about. How about Jewish people, Jews and anti-Semitism? I mean, when you think about what has taken place, and I'm just showing you that this is not just a black thing, and it's not, are you, are you with me this morning? You know, that, it, that it's across the board, you know. People have hated Jews for a long time. In the Holocaust at the hands of Hitler, over 6 million Jews were killed because he wanted to cleanse the people and he wanted to have a pure race. Racism is horrible. Racial prejudice is horrible. How about the fact that now so many Middle Eastern people are beaten and are harmed and racial prejudice takes place against them because of some extremist Islamic people who went and and decided to fly some planes into the Twin Towers. Now, people go and they categorize every person that they see, even Sikhs who wear a turban on their head that have nothing to do with Islam. They too are experiencing racial prejudice because people are just ignorant. And they like to categorize everyone as such. And then I'll even go down to the fact and there's so much more, you know, Hispanic people and and, and Asian people. So I said all that to say, and I think Jay-Z had something important to share when he shared the story of OJ. To share the fact that uh, one of the big points is the fact that racism still exists and he was sharing his experience as a black man and I would say on a broader scale that it's not just confined to the context of black people or African American people but racism exists across the board and I would say that if you'll be with me that in a place like Toronto a beautiful place like Toronto that over 50% of the population here is foreign born And in Scarborough, where in Scarborough alone, 57% of the population in Scarborough is foreign born. Isn't that amazing? We have to be careful and make sure that we are handling responsibly the, the, the gift that we have of diversity in our community. Somebody say amen. And so yes, racism is real. And yes, it still exists, whether it's blatant and in your face or whether it is systematic. 
racism is still there but what are we going to do what do you do with racism how are we supposed to respond as human beings how are we supposed to respond to the story of oj the reality because you know it's one thing to have the facts out there but how you respond determines whether it's going to whether you're going to contribute to the solution or you're going to perpetuate the problem are you with me in fact look at somebody tell them it's all about how you respond come on tell them tell them it's all about it's all about how you respond and so i love this passage that paul this 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 text that paul says uh, to the galatians that he, he he shares with the galatians this these sentiments these thoughts and i believe that they speak specifically uh especially to what we're talking about this morning he says there is neither jew nor greek now in their mind and in their world where paul was it, there were two categories there were people who were jewish and there were people who were greek or gentiles or non-jewish and so greeks and gentiles that was the category of everybody else other than jewish people and so when he's making this statement he's saying there is no jew nor greek and then he goes on and he says there's no male nor female or no slave nor free there's no male nor female for you are all one in christ jesus point number one somebody say number one point number one what do we do with racism and the fact that it still exists how do we respond to these realities the fact is number one i want to see so paul says this he says there's neither jew nor greek there's neither male nor female. There's neither bond nor free or slave or free. We're all one in Christ. Number one, the reality of Jesus does not nullify the reality of race or racism. Let me say that again. The reality of Jesus does not nullify the reality of race or racism. Well, Paul said there's neither Jew nor Greek in Christ. So now that we're in Christ, that means that, you know, there is no such thing as race. We're just all one and, you know, and all of that. No, I'm still a black man. And whatever you are, you still are that. Are you with me this morning? I, if he was saying that we're neither, when he says there's neither male nor female, so women are no longer women anymore? No, I still can't have a baby. Come on, somebody. And I'm so thankful that I don't have to go through that. Women, you are amazing. And uh, so women are still women. Men are still women. Men. Men are not women. <laughs> but anyways, the fact is that there, this is still the case. That, and, and so race still exists. He's not saying that race does not exist. He's not saying that's not the point of his topic. We're, we're getting ready to, to, uh, to unpack it. And you know, the fact of the matter is one of the most ignorant things that you can say in misunderstanding that passage and what Paul is saying is that I don't see race. That is one of the most annoying things that anyone can say to anyone. And it's very ignorant. I don't see race i just you know i just don't see it well you need to see it because it's very real and racism is real and people are still black and people are still white and asian and hispanic and we have to be the part of the biggest reason especially can i talk about the church especially in the church is that we live in la la land and we want people to only get up in front of you and talk about goody goody drum drops and fairy tales and how everything's going to be so wonderful and if you just turn around seven times your life is going to be in the best place it's ever been in and then stuff is still a mess come on somebody 
because we're you know, unwilling to realize the reality of what's taking place. And when the when other people are winking and other people are looking away, we also are joining in with this. But we have to realize that in Christ, Jesus does not nullify the reality of race or racism. Can I give you number two? Number two, number two. With that being said, ignoring racism and cultural prejudice doesn't make it disappear. Come on, somebody. In fact, can you just say that with me? Say, ignoring racism and cultural prejudice does not make it disappear. A lot of people think, you know, uh, you know, my kids, with my kids, it's just so funny because when, where they are, when they get to a place uh, where they do something wrong and I catch them and I just, I usually, this is, and I got this from my dad. I'll just stand there and I'll just stare. I'll just look at them. And then they try so hard. They're like, they look away. And then they think that if they look away long enough, that dad is no longer going to be looking. I just love doing it. So then they look over and then they see me still looking and then they look back. And they're like, if I ignore him long enough, then maybe he's not going to be looking anymore. And in fact, you know, I used to have a bearded dragon. It's so crazy. My bearded dragon is a little lizard. I love reptiles. Uh, And my bearded dragon, like whenever she did not want me to like be near her or like to try and get her or whatever, she would, she, they stand sideways. I can't see her other eye. But she would close her eye and just stand there with her eye closed. And then every now and then I would look on the other side and the other eye was open. But she would close this eye because she don't want me to be there anymore. And then she would open it to see if I'm still there. And then she'd close it back again. Like, like by ignoring me that it's going to go away. But can I talk to you, church? Can we be a woke church? Can we be a church that doesn't just walk around like everything is okay, but we actually are not fearful of Goliath? Come on, somebody. But we are willing to say that we serve a God that is able to give us the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to deal with the Goliath of racism and racial prejudice in our midst. And so ignoring racism and cultural prejudice doesn't make it disappear. And don't get to the place. Well, I'm not even going to get there yet. Let me not get ahead of myself. Uh, So that's number two. So firstly, the reality of Jesus does not nullify the reality of of race or racism. That's not what he's saying uh, in the text. Number two, ignoring racism and cultural prejudice doesn't make it disappear. Number three, so how do we respond to this? Because you've heard me talking about responding to this. The challenge is, I want to challenge you around this fact, that we've got to respond to racism with godly wisdom instead of mere emotionalism. Let me say that again. We've got to respond to racism with godly wisdom instead of mere emotionalism. Now, I'm not saying that racism shouldn't cause you to be emotional or young lives being taken for no reason shouldn't evoke uh, a a response of, 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 of emotion because of these things or people who are treated unfairly across the board because of the color of their skin or their diver- or their background. I'm not saying that shouldn't cause you to cry or things of this nature. But my Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 that we are to be angry but sin not. And a lot of us, we have the angry part down but we muscle away our right and we, and we contribute to the problem when we turn it into sin. Like, I understand that black people are mad because of when somebody is shot. But going and breaking up people's stores and in our own community and looting and robbing people. Come on somebody. That does not contribute to the solution. 
so yes we are to be emotional but being to a place where we now on the flip side fight fire with fire is not contributing to the solution of the problem i love what jay-z says one of the uh, lines that he talks about uh in the song uh in the story of oj he says you know what man he's like when i was younger he talks about how he wised up over the years and he was like you know when i was younger i was buying all the all the v12 engines in order to show that he was in a position where you know where he was like uh where he was was on par with people who were who who put themselves in a position above him he's like i'm gonna buy all these cars and all this stuff you know and he's like if i could have gone back to the beginning he says i would have gone and bought dumbo in new york for i think it was like two million dollars and then he said now he could have sold it for 20 million dollars so he's looking back in retrospect and he says you know what i wish he's like I- i'm so glad where i am now and that i've w- wised up now this is just what he's sharing and he's saying that i wish that he said i'm excited to be able to give this expletive to my children and so in other words he says he wise up and he now is looking back in regret at the way that he was dealing with racism and what he experienced and he's saying he wished that he invested because now he's thinking generationally man I'm, I'm just i'm about to do a backflip we preaching off jay-z today friends because the fact is that w- the way that we deal with racism should be to the place where we deal with it with wisdom and we understand that the emotional decisions that we make in the moment whether they're monetary whether they're familial come on somebody these things not only affect our lives but they also shape the generations to come racism is not something that people are born with it happens and it's perpetuated because when a parent uh, pushes it on in many cases to their children and that's across the board and so we have to deal with this thing in a wise manner understanding that it's not just affecting us but we have to be in a position where we are also realizing that it affects our children and let me say this can i just say this we've got to be to a place where we operate with this content in this context we got to be to a place where we operate with humility and with patience somebody say humility and with patience What do you mean by this? Humility and patience. Humility in the sense that uh, there are many people who just say statements and stuff like, they just need to get over it. You need to humble yourself. And you need to understand that people, uh, that it takes time for people to process things. Even if it is tens and tens and tens and tens of years it takes time to process and navigate through things and when we especially if you are a christian the bible says that we're to bear one another's burdens in galatians chapter 6 and so to look at someone and just say they just need to get over it you know this such an x y and z that is not positioning our society for success you need to come to a place of humility and be a learner in that situation to understand what it is that is going through going on not only this but also on the flip side those who feel like we're oppressed we need to be in a position of patience so there's humility that's required but there's also patience that's required because we need to get to the place where we are patient and we understand that sometimes it takes a while on the flip side for people to understand where you're coming from are you with me 
humility and patience. So, so, so firstly, firstly, we've got to rely. The reality of Jesus does not nullify the reality of race or racism. Number two, ignoring racism and cultural prejudice does not make it disappear. Number three, respond to racism with godly wisdom instead of mere emotionalism. And, you know, you know, this is why I want you to understand this. And I'll say this as well. Uh, racism is a sin issue, not a skin issue. Tweet that. Racism is a sin issue, not a skin issue. It's not just about skin. It's, it's sin deep, not skin deep. We don't understand. We, we're seeing the fruit or the racism is a microcosm of the root, which is sin. And this is why, this is why uh, the Bible even goes on and talks about it. It says that, you know, the only antidote for sin is the gospel. And I'm getting ready to talk about the gospel in a second because I love it because the gospel is an amazing thing. And if your heart has been captured by the gospel, 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, uh, verse 11 through 12 and 14 through 15, it talks about and says, if you truly have been transformed, if you are, if you are loving a lover of God, right, you can't say that you love God and hate your brother because you're a liar and a murderer. And so for many people, you're walking in a place, for those of you who may be in that place and may be battling on across the board with racism or, or race issues, you need to get to the place where you receive the gospel. Because if you are, if you're professing, there are many people who are professing to be Christians, but are actually not Christians. Because you cannot be walking as a Christian and in an unrepentant manner without conviction, being in a place where you say that you hate somebody else because of the way that they look. Notice ain't shouting stuff. Maybe next week we'll preach. Despacito. The best way to eat a barrito. I don't even know the words. Everybody, please take a seat. But today we're talking about racism. And it's so important. For us to understand these things, the gospel, because racism is a sin issue. And that's why for some of us, it's so hard for us to let go of it. But it's okay if you come and I, that's why I call you to the feet of the cross because this is the beauty of it. I, I love it. Number four, here's number four. The gospel pushes Christians towards participation in racial reconciliation. The gospel. Somebody say the gospel. The gospel. The, 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 the gospel. The embodiment of the, of the gospel is the fact that as you hear me talk about all the time, and I'm going to talk about the gospel till they tag my toe. Because that's the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is that if you look at Jesus in his life and how he walked it out in his mission to save mankind, the gospel means good news. Somebody say good news. Is that Jesus came and he consistently went across racial and cultural barriers to bring people to a place where they had peace with God and they were able to have peace with their fellow men. And he was constantly challenging people to look and understand, challenge them as, as it pertains to who is your neighbor? Who should you look out for? Who should you love on? Is it, for some of us, the only people you think are your neighbor, aside from the person that lives next door to you, are people who look like you. 
but the gospel constantly challenges us to go across uh, racial racial lines and cultural barriers to challenge people to introduce people to christ think about it when the gospel when jesus before jesus left in matthew 28 verse 19 and 20 and he says go ye therefore and teach how many nations somebody shout all all nations baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy ghost how in the world can we go out as christians and teach all nations if we're racist without racial reconciliation how can we fulfill the commission of christ without us being willing to be learners and to humble ourselves how can we fulfill the mission of christ are you with me this morning and we've got to be to a place where we look at where we look at passages like John chapter 4 when Jesus a Jew goes and talks to a Samaritan which you heard me preach about a few weeks ago which was out of the ordinary we've got to look at this as something that's important or Luke chapter 10 verse 25 through 37 the story of the good Samaritan where Jesus makes it clear that uh, that, 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 that we are to go across those lines those cultural lines because Jews and Samaritans did not hang out and, and we're supposed to go across those lines to love on people that that don't look like us it's a problem if you're a christian and the only friends you have look like you let me bring it again it's a problem if you're a christian and the only friends and people that you're connected to who are christians look like you and in many denominations today, when you look at them, they are just segregated. And they have a white conference, and a black conference, and an Asian conference, and a this conference. Whatever happened to a kingdom conference? And, and when I talk about Christianity, because some people, especially those who know about uh, colonization, they think, well, you, you know, Christianity destroyed lots of places. And, the, you know, these, these people came in and they forced Christianity upon black people in Africa and took away their mother, you know, uh, their mother religion and all this stuff and whatever. I'm not talking about that form of Christianity. People can get the Bible and make it say whatever they want to say to support anything but if you read the bible in context come on somebody there is no way that the bible can be used to perpetuate or to validate slavery in what took place for hundreds of years throughout the world that's not the Christianity I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that Christianity. I'm talking about, you know what the Christianity I'm talking about? I'm talking about the Christianity for God so loved the world. Come on, somebody. Uh, that he gave his only begotten son. Who, do I have a church in here on this morning that whosoever believes in him? Come on. Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Asian, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're in between. Come on. Because for some, a long time, I didn't know what I was, child. But at the end of the day, does it matter what you are? Does it matter where you're from? Jesus died for you. And the gospel, it demands for us to put action towards racial reconciliation. And if we are not willing to go across cultural lines, we are not willing to say yes to the commission of God to evangelize the world. I got 18 seconds left, but the gospel is a pair of glasses that makes you see value in and take responsibility for everyone and not just those who look like you. So everyone, everyone, I, 
you know, so, so what do we do with racism? This is what we're talking about, especially the Christian response. You know, Christians, you are not to a place where you jump in and, yeah, I hate those people. Or, yeah, look at it. No, that's not what happens because it's a sin issue. And the only way that we can get through stuff, it's not saying don't jump into, uh, don't jump into to settings where injustice is, is fought and where we try to be in a position where we, you know, get on the front lines and help to fix things that are broken. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that until we deal with the root, the fruit is just going to keep growing. It's all about the root of sin. And this is why we need the gospel. And this is why we need Jesus. And so I'm going to end on this because this is what Paul is saying. So Galatians chapter 3 verse 28, I just told you it. Uh, number one, the first thing that I told you uh, is the fact that, uh, the fact that, 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 that the reality of Jesus does not nullify the reality of race or racism. Number two, I told you that ignoring racism and cultural prejudice doesn't make it disappear. Number three, I told you that we are to respond to racism with godly wisdom instead of mere emotionalism. Number four, I told you that the gospel pushes Christians towards participation in racial reconciliation. But can I give you number five as we close it and then drop the mic? Number five, kingdom culture trumps any earthly culture. This is what Paul is saying in the text when he says there's neither Jew uh, nor Greek nor, nor bond nor free nor male nor female. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Listen, he says because we're all one in Christ Jesus. Somebody say one. In other words, Paul is going out of his way to make it clear that the beauty of the gospel, this is what's so beautiful about, Christian, beautiful about Christianity, is that no matter who you are or no matter what you look like, come on somebody, that you might not be connected by blood, but we can be connected by the blood. This is the, this is the beauty of Christianity. The, the beauty of the kingdom. You know what, man? You always hear me talk about, you know, my Belgian background. And don't get it twisted, man. I love cuckoo and flying fish. I love sweet bread. I love rock cake. Come on, somebody. I love me some mobby, man. I am telling you. Wallace. I love it all. Tiger malt. But at the end of the day, there is something that is much better than my Bajan culture. And it's called kingdom culture. And I'm so glad that I get to be a part of the kingdom where I have Asian brothers and sisters and I have white brothers and sisters and I come on somebody and black brothers and sisters and we all get to be connected and united because of the cross. It goes deeper. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad for my culture. That's not nullified. But there's something greater. And so our responsibility, you see, because we can, we can show people our culture and they can enjoy our food and all of that, but they can never claim it as their own. I can never say that, uh, that I'm a Jamaican, even if I, no matter how much I like Aki and Saltfish. You want to know why? Because it ain't no Jamaican blood running in my veins. Man, I feel a preach right here. I can never say that I'm a Trini. I'm Trini to the bone. I can never say that. No matter how much I mock the ant's accent. And no matter how much I like any of the food that they have. Why? Because there's no Trini blood in my veins. But there's something about the kingdom culture, come on somebody, that no matter where you're from, whether you're Bayesian, whether you are Trini, whether you are from Europe, come on somebody, no matter where it is that you are from, that 
here you might not have you might not be able to identify with with a, one set of a culture but you and i that we can identify in the fact that we all were sending deep in sin far from a peaceful shore but one day when we were hopeless and when we were helpless while we were yet sinners romans 5 says that god decided to come from heaven and to put on flesh come on somebody and to take our punishment and to be whipped and to be pierced in his side to be hung on an old rugged cross that he had to carry up to a hill called Golgotha on a mount called Calvary to get 72 thorns pressed in his head who are you with me are you with me this morning to get put in a borrowed tomb because he wasn't gonna stay there and so we all can identify and be a part of the culture that celebrates the fact that even though he died that three days later on the third day he got up somebody shout he got up with you didn't shout it say he got up with all power in his hands and so you and i today can have life and we can be in a position where we bring life instead of spreading hate because of the kingdom culture and the kingdom i'm a christian before i'm a black man this body is going to dissolve one day and i hope that when i get back up i get back up a black man but even if I don't, come on somebody, some glad morning when this life is over, I'm going to fly away and I get to be with Jesus, the man that died for me. Come on somebody. And I get to be with my brothers and my sisters and you do too if you put trust and faith in Christ. And that means, but you know what I love? The Bible says, the Bible says that when Jesus returns, uh, the revelator John, he had a picture uh, in red. I don't want to care. I'm, I'm so over my time, but I'm done. I'm done right here, I promise. But John, the revelator, he looks and he sees a number that can't be numbered around the throne. Come on somebody. Of every tribe and every tongue are you with me on this morning and and every single person that is around the throne is it's 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 an innumerable number uh and it's such a beautiful thing that is seen and it's all because these people have been able to connect through the blood of jesus and so i'm done and that's my encouragement to you on today yes racism is a reality and yes it's a problem in our midst but how we respond is going to determine whether we contribute to the solution or we contribute to the problem or perpetuate the